Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. What really pulled me towards this lifestyle choice was the fact that people were so comfortable within their bodies and so accepting, and this was regardless of size, of age, of shape, of background. And within that, when you, I feel that when you accept and are more comfortable within your body, you're also more comfortable in accepting other parts of yourself. Hey, I'm Natalie Dronovac and welcome to The Modern Women, a show that seeks to share the stories and experiences of women that may be out of our line of sight. And in today's episode, I got to sit down with Jessa O'Brien, or as most know her, the nerd blogger. Imagine living most of your life naked. Does the thought of it make you feel a little bit uncomfortable? Instinctively, you may be a little like I was, asking yourself, why would anyone even do that? What can you possibly gain from it? In a society where Instagram, Photoshop, and social pressure can instill feelings of shame on so many in their bodies, I sat down with Jessa to discover what is it about being a nudist for her that invokes feelings of liberation, confidence, and how can embracing nudity have us feeling more connected and opening up to our sense of self-awareness, confidence, and sexuality. Jessa, thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern Women. Uh, I wanted to start off the episode always with the rapid fire questions that I give my guests and I mix it up each week. If you could spend a day in someone else's shoes or clothes, whose would they be? Oh my God, who would it be? I want to say like maybe a priest. That's interesting. Why is that? Because if, I, if I'm just thinking, if I'm thinking about a lot of what I stand for and I think about what, like, what is the extreme, like what, it would be probably the church, to be honest. <laughs> um, so I would like to, I suppose, just understand, try and understand, you know, their point of view about, you know, um, the female body, about sex and all that sort of thing. So maybe like a priest. <laughs> That's so interesting. I hope we touch on that later. <laughs> Okay, um, who was your first celebrity crush? You know who just, Joshua Jackson. (laughs) He was super cute. Okay, what's the one book that's had the greatest impact on you? Probably The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle or The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I don't know how you say that. It's The Alchemist. Yes, so probably one of either of those. What do you wish you had have known when you started out? Hmm. Oh my God. You're asking me some tough questions. What do I wish I would have known how to handle social media better? (laughs) I think everyone, I think absolutely every person could learn tips on how to handle social media better. Yes. Amazing. So I want everyone to know that in the good spirit of the fact that I am interviewing the nude blogger, I have chosen to actually do this episode stark naked. Uh, which in the few hours that I have been absolutely naked, there's been some few learning curves along the way. So maybe at the end of the episode, we'll throw a challenge to who can be nude for as long as possible. But um, as much as nudity can be a really humorous topic, and I really want to dive into that throughout this episode, I also want to offer this conversation as a way for us to acknowledge our own bodies and really to help us expand within ourselves for society as a whole. Because I think nudity itself started to prompt me to think about so many other aspects when it came to my own body. And so I would love to know for you, Jessa, what was the catalyst that made you become the nude blogger? Um, It really was, it was meeting people that opted for different lifestyle choices um, within the nudist community. Um, So that's what really prompted the nude blogger because whilst I'm the nude blogger, um, it's about so much more than just 
physical nudity. It's about, you know, stripping away the layers um, with our identities and that sort of thing. So it was me, it was, it was meeting certain people that, you know, opted for different lifestyle choices that weren't necessarily um, very conventional or mainstream. And was there any trepidation? Oh my God, Natalie, what does that mean? Trepidation. Like, were you, were you worried? Were you worried at all? About starting the blog? About sharing? Well, no, no, not even just starting the blog. I mean, just being a nudist. Um, somewhat, yes. Like, more so about how it would, maybe, I'm, I'm okay with being public about it, but it was more so how would it affect my loved ones, like being so public about it. Yeah, how, so there how, was that. how did it affect your family? Um, you know, I think they're accepting. Um, but if I'm to be really honest, I, I think it's something that my mum more so struggles with just because um, I suppose being quite religious um, and a lot of what I talk about and speak out about um, doesn't really fit in with those, you know, religious constructs. So I think she struggles with it. She accepts it, but I think she struggles with it. Okay, that's really interesting because... I think on the flip side, my mum would be more accepting versus my dad. But right. I wanted to know your thoughts on how much our upbringing and, and socialization, um, how much do you think that impacts our comfortability with being nude? And so I'd love to hear more a bit about your story with your mother and religion. Mm. Yes. So I think it's huge. Like when, when I look at nudity, I, it goes right back to childhood. And, um, you know, I, I think it's really important to look at the ways in which we um, are raising our children like is it uh, you know is it conscious or are there just unconscious beliefs coming in that are basically programming the way that we condition our children so you know I grew up with quite um, my dad isn't religious so it's more my mum because I come from a Philippine she's a Filipino so um, Catholicism is you know um, quite important to her so I grew up um, yeah I grew up quite religious myself to be honest and Whilst I felt pretty comfortable being naked around friends, it wasn't something I grew up with. So growing up naked around family wasn't very normal. Um, but as I got into my teens and just being around my girlfriends, I, I naturally just felt quite comfortable being nude and I was always the nude one. But it wasn't something that I would openly do in front of my family. Yeah, so I remember like every childhood photo I have, I think I'm butt naked, you know, like yeah. I always, like, I'm like, when I was a baby, I was just naked. And yeah. so, but then there's that moment where you hit puberty and it's almost like there's this change and you become highly sexualized. Yeah. So do you think there's a relationship between that age of sexualization and also the coming of our own insecurities? Because when I think back to being naked as a child, mm. I don't ever recall being insecure. Yeah. Yes. I, I definitely... I think so. And I think there's, with that sexualization, um, there's shame around it. And so I think that's when like we start to, you know, it becomes a very private sort of, in, like, you know, it becomes a very private sort of endeavor being nude. It's not something you do openly because of the shame or the concern about what people will project onto you if they were to see you nude. And then, you know, around that, there's the insecurities like that's due, I, I believe due to various factors but I think the shame with nudity um and the you know the vulgarity or the inappropriateness around nudity um definitely plays a part so do you feel that being a nudist has really allowed you or maybe those that you know in the community to explore that sexuality and that essence of being a woman that we sometimes repress um, 100%, you know, because the, well, you know, I can't speak for every nudist, but a lot of the nudists I have met and what really, what really pulled me towards this lifestyle choice was the fact that people were so comfortable within their bodies and so accepting. And this was regardless of size, of age, of shape, um, of background. So, and within that, when you, I feel that when you accept and are more comfortable within your body, um, you're also more comfortable in accepting other parts of yourself, like your sexuality and that sort of thing. Cool. I really want to dive into that. Um, mm. But I wanted to, as I shared with you earlier, do a bit of a throwback. And I'm sure everyone can remember the infamous Dolly Doctor. Uh, and for those who don't know, it was a column where young women could anonymously write in their most embarrassing and raw questions to a quote-unquote doctor and have them answered and published for all to see. 
So I remember reading and enjoying this column because I feel like what it offered was a sense of inclusion. And so I think it's that kind of thing of, hey, I'm not the only one who's yeah. wondering about my body or sex or boys or girls, etc. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a bit of a Dolly Doctor style approach here and I'm going to ask you some questions and then we can discuss the issues that they raise. How does that sound? Yeah, go for it. Sounds like fun. Amazing. So <laughs> question one, dear nude blogger, my partner wants to have sex with the lights on, but I'm too self-conscious. What do I do? I would start with candles. So like dimming the lights and, and having the, I think any time you're having sex, I think ambience is everything. So um, I'm okay to have sex with the lights on and in daylight, but I love having candlelit. Like I love it candlelit. So I think just start off with a dim lighting and then, um, you know, progress and see whether, you know, you're happy to do it in just broad daylight or with the lights on. Yeah. Because when I really started to research the topic of being a nudist and naturist, mm-hmm. um, sex is generally that context where we are completely naked. Yeah. Yet I really actually have a lot of friends who, when I told them I was interviewing you, immediately said, I do not have sex with the lights on. And these are women who yes. are in their mid thirties. And I just thought to myself, why? So do you think it's just a female or also a male issue around the insecurity that we sometimes have about our bodies? I think it's definitely like if you're a woman and, you know, if you're heterosexual or if you're, you know, having sex with a male, um, if you're feeling, I suppose, um, insecure, you could probably guarantee that he's thinking the same thing. Um, It's just, yeah, I, I think with males, there's a lot more suppression um, because of this, you know, masculinity, what it is to be a male. And that's, and that's suppressing a lot of, um, a lot of your emotions and your feelings. So I think they're definitely, there's definitely that amongst males, not just females. So that leads, that actually leads really well into my next question. So for example, I find a lot of girlfriends, generally speaking, we'll talk about our sex life, what we may Mm -hmm. be doing, what we might not be doing, but it's not often that you go down to coffee with your girlfriend, Susie, and she kind of says to you, Hey, I really hate my left flap, or I think my (laughs) nipples are a bit too big. And so question two is dear nude blogger, I have an outie vagina, but all of my friends say they have innies. Am I a freak? Hell no. There are so many different vaginas, you know, pussies, whatever you want to call it. Like there are, and in, and doing this work and in, you know, this is the amazing thing about being socially nude is that you see people with all different bits and all different sizes and all different shapes. And, you know, um, I feel that when you keep nudity so private, when you keep it so to yourself, you do and you start to hear certain things or, you know, um, society usually projects these ideals. So, and especially pornography and that sort of thing. And there's, and there's all the surgery around like the labia surgeries and stuff. So you're starting to hear that's becoming more prevalent, but, um, oh my God, there are so many, you know, so many people with, you know, innies and outies and every other, you know, everything in between. So that's, I agree because I actually had a friend who used to think that all vaginas were the complete same. She thought everyone had the same vagina as her. And it wasn't until she saw, well, she happened to sleep with a woman and then she saw another vagina and she was just blown away that she was like, this is not what I expected. So do you think it's porn that gives us that false sense of what, you know, or even the fact that a vagina is prettier than another? Um, I, yes, I think port, well, I think it's a huge factor in, um, how males and females are programmed to think about a vagina or what it should look like. Um, you know, I, I suppose if people begin to explore their sexuality via porn, um, then I think there's, you know, yeah, I, I think it's, it sets, it, it can set an unhealthy precedent and an unrealistic one really. Um, so yeah. Uh, so this one is exploring how different angles of the body might not be aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. So question three, dear nude blogger, my boyfriend wants to do me from behind, but I'm so nervous for him to see my butthole. What do I do? Again, maybe start off with like dim lighting or, or, or even just get comfortable with your own, like have a look, get comfortable with your own, like have a look at it, you know? So something I really wanted to explore here was the fact that you do nude yoga. And I was someone who for 
quite a long time did yoga six days a week. And I kept on throwing myself back to this idea of like me having done it completely nude. And I just think, you know, downward dog, classic yoga pose. And I was like, would I want someone looking at my crack? <laughs> well, I think this is, and I, this is one of the most common things I probably get um, teaching naked yoga is people being like, well, what about, you know, down, down facing dog? And, you know, if you listen to the cues correctly, you shouldn't be looking up anyway. You shouldn't be looking forward. You should be gazing between your knees. So you shouldn't be seeing any assholes. But, um, but people, I mean, people must if explore you, it, right? I'm sure people, yeah, I'm sure people do. Like, I mean, I do this, when I do mixed naked yoga, it's for nudists. So I have like, there was a group of people, like this is just a funny little story. And this shows how comfortable nudists can. There's the potential to be super comfortable nude um and there was a lady and and there were a few guys in front of her and she like she was like in her she's like in her mid-20s and she's like you know she's like I just had to have a look and see what all your (laughs) your assholes look like and they didn't care like it was a funny thing but she being a nudist even she was still curious you know and and she had a look and I mean so long as you're not being creepy about it like but there's always gonna be that curiosity to be honest there is gonna be that curiosity um I don't feel that. Like, I feel like I know I'm happy to not look, but I suppose some people are going to be curious. But if you're going to attend a naked yoga class, I suppose there has to be that understanding that you may potentially have certain, you know, someone have a look. But do you feel like that also plays into human beings and naturally really curious creatures? And I mean, nudity is fascinating. And I think looking at naked bodies is also fascinating, which is, I guess, what excites so many when it comes to experiencing any form of sex and experiences together. Mm -hmm. And so do you feel like if we talked about it more or if we were more comfortable with nudity or our own bodies, it wouldn't be such an illicit topic? Yes, I, I I definitely think so. And I mean, it's, it's, I think with a lot of topics, not even just nudity, but it's this sense of suppression um, and suppressing things. So, and that creates even more curiosity. Like when you see it, there's a shock factor because we're so used to just suppressing things. Um, So I think the more we learn to be expressive and become comfortable, the less, I suppose, the less like, intrigue there sort of is because it becomes a bit more normalized if that makes sense yeah uh so question number four dear nude blogger i've lost a lot of weight recently and i now have lots of loose skin and stretch marks so i feel super insecure do you have any suggestions to overcome this i I think it's all about self-love um so it's all about you know looking at yourself in the mirror and like I like positive affirmations. So, and, and meaning them. So being authentic and not just saying it because, you know, you think you should, but really sitting with yourself. Like, I think this is really deep and, and it's, and it's not just a click of the finger type thing. It's, it's probably going to take time if it is something that you're really uncomfortable with, but just sitting with yourself. Um, you know, I, I think meditation can be good and really just, loving yourself, like understanding that, you know, you don't have to look a certain way to be beautiful or to love yourself. Like you're, you know, you're the only you in this world. Like what doesn't make you beautiful? Do you feel like the media sway our perception of what beauty is then? Oh my God, 100. I've been writing about this so much lately. Um, Yes, they do. I think from the moment we're born, we're absolutely sold. We're sold a mindset. Like, you know, we're sold a definition of beauty. We're sold we're basically sold our own sense of worth until we can discover it for ourselves. So it's becoming discerning and, and really figuring out like what is your definition of beautiful and why shouldn't you be included in that? Like, you know, so, and not subscribing to this mass, you know, idealistic standard of beauty. Um, just to further on this one, do you want children? Oh, this is something that's been coming up for me lately and I, I'm on the fence, to be honest. Because the question I was going to ask was more around, I find or I have a lot of female friends who once they have kids, and I mean a female mm-hmm. body, yes, it is miraculous. We can birth a child. But mm-hmm. equally, our bodies can change so intensely through childbirth and a lot of women post-childbirth find that they're either super insecure or they're quite 
horrible to their bodies. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like they've just done something amazing and then they're quite horrible to that. So I was curious to know if you were going to have children and Mm -hmm. um, just how we start to normalize the changes that a human body or that a female body goes through, even Mm -hmm. simple things like stretch marks. Yeah. Well, I mean, personally speaking, like I've had, you know, I'm naturally quite a thin person. I've always been naturally quite a thin person. Um, So I, I can't, obviously I can't relate to childbirth because I've never had children. Um, but I've, I've experienced my own bodily changes. Um, you know, I, and this is, and you know, this is all very relative. Like I think a lot of people miss the fact that certain, you know, things are all relative. So for me, having been a very naturally thin person, my whole entire life, just a super fast metabolism. Um, and I went backpacking a few years ago and, and just put on like within, it was like six or seven months, I'd put on 15 kilos. And that was, you know, for me, that is, that was at the time, like, or like a just under a th- like a third of my body weight um within six to seven months I put that on and couldn't understand why um and then I started looking at my habits and was like oh I actually have an overeating problem like and I I legitimately struggle with overeating um you wouldn't know because I was naturally thin but I I've always struggled with overeating and but my body as I got older just started changing I, I put on this 15 kilos and got home from backpacking and literally couldn't fit into anything um looked had looked at photos and because I was just traveling solo I didn't really realize and then I got home started looking at photos and I was like holy hell I was like I have I got on the scales to be honest just because I was curious and I had put on like 15 16 kilos and I just thought at first I did I struggled with it because I thought well I've never been this way and and I and there are those thoughts you go what are people going to think like people back home hadn't seen me for seven months and you start to think, I was like, oh my God, what are people going to think? And then I just thought, fuck it. I was like, you know what? Fuck what people think. And I was like, I'm beautiful. And I, and I literally was just like, I'm just going to have to embrace this. I was like, I, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to have to make this work. And it, and, it wasn't, and it was a process for me. And I sat with it, but then got to the problem, the root of the problem, which was overeating. And I naturally began to lose it because I stopped the problem, which was overeating. <laughs> Uh, I have a story similar to that, that when I went traveling at 18, again, was away for eight months, got back and I had a friend who also happens to listen to these episodes. So I can't wait for her to say, you you pointed me out. But um, I put on weight and she goes to me, oh, you look like you ate a person. And I remember at the time, it was interesting because it wasn't then that I, it set me off on my own uh, journey around self-affirmation or learning my mm-hmm. self-worth outside of those things. But it is something that I think it all, you, it always comes into play. Like at some point you start to become aware of your body, yourself, and you mm-hmm. have to start to understand who you are in the context of the vessel of your body. Yes. And so I think it leads you down a huge path of exploration. And I have some friends who they either don't like to confront certain, uh, habitual habits they have around overeating or they're proud of them. And then I'm like, well, you can't complain about one if you're happy with the other. Um, But I feel like that could lead us down a whole other tangent. (laughs) So uh, number five for Mm -hmm. Dear Nude Blogger, I have a manicured bush, but I'm feeling the pressure to go bare. Is hair just not sexy anymore? Oh, that's that's such an individual thing. I think it definitely can be. Um, I think either way, like... It's such an individual thing. It doesn't have to not be sexy. Um, again, I think porn has played a massive part in that, um, in having this bare sort of look, but it's very, it's such an individual choice. Yeah. And like hair was all the rage in the 70s. Well, exactly. and, now, and now everyone is like, well, I'm going to go to laser and I'm going to get it lasered off, etc. Yes. Um, and so society creating those external pressures. I had a girlfriend who she was going to laser mm-hmm. and then she actually was like, well, I'm quite fearful about when I'm older and I have children, I don't ever want my daughter to all of a sudden start having hair and then think, oh, I'm different to mum." So, mm-hmm. I mean, you do see a lot of naked bodies or at least more than probably I see. Um, yes. Just general consensus around right now, is it usually people are having hair, not enough hair, or it's more of an age bracket? Hmm. I I mean, because I see all different, to be honest, and I'm just wondering whether it's an age bracket thing and not to be, you know, what, what actually surprised me when I, I suppose, started becoming a bit more active in the nudist lifestyle was the fact that um, I felt like men were actually more manicured than women, um, like old, like the middle-aged to older men. Um, but then I see, I see younger females, like 20s, 30s, 
with full bushes and I like, I mean, full bushes. And then I see some without, and so it's really, there's an absolute variety. Like I couldn't say that there's more one than the other. Like there really is a variety. Yeah. Like I definitely see like a pretty even ratio. All right. Number six. Mm. And the last dear nude blogger question. I'm tr- I've tried going nude for a few days, but I'm someone who gets quite wet during the day. It keeps getting on my couch. <laughs> what the hell do I do? <laughs> put a towel down. <laughs> Definitely put a towel down. Like um, when I'm at home and stuff, like I always, even when you go to a nudist resort or anything, you always have a towel with you. Hygiene. Right, so, so it is a it is a hygiene thing. It's a hygiene thing for like at news resorts. It's definitely a hygiene thing. But I suppose there's also that like there's there's definitely like that's I don't think that would be uncommon. I don't think that would be uncommon. So yeah. I wasn't going to ask this, but because you brought it up, are there certain um, nudist rules that everyone kind of starts to learn? Yes. So that one, that's, that's definitely one when you go to nudist places. Um, when I do my naked yoga, bring a towel, um, for women, I suppose menstruating as well. That's something that comes up that I get asked about. So mm. I was just going to say that, um, when I was thinking about this yesterday, I was like, I wonder what she does when she gets her period. And then I saw that you actually shared on your Instagram, how you recently used a menstrual cup, which I've never used, but I hear they're actually Mm. becoming more and more common these days. Yes. Yes. So it's something that I've been wanting to explore for some time, but um, if I'm teaching, like I've taught some naked yoga classes um, whilst bleeding and I just pop a tampon, I just keep a tampon in. Um, I don't wear underwear, but I like for women that are coming along and are perhaps bleeding, I encourage them to either, they wear a pad, um, keep their underwear on. That's fine. If they wear a tampon, feel free to wear underwear or just go bare. And a lot of them will just have a tampon in. Yeah, because it's somewhat of a bit of a practicality thing. And also, like for me, this brings up, I have friends who tell me how they do get really, really wet. And then Mm -hmm. others who are like, I'm very, very dry. And it made me think that I'm sure that they would just lead to some really uncomfortable circumstances where you're at a restaurant, you're at nude yoga and you look down and you're like, there's a bit of a puddle. Not to yeah. say for anyone who's kind of getting the crazy, too many crazy ideas around what that might look like. It's not the idea of like this pee puddle, but for any woman, they would understand what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I think just a towel and I mean, it's, it's a natural occurrence. Like it's not like it's something we have to, and this, the, these are just, I mean, this is just what society has programmed us. There's just so much shame around everything these days. So it's just understanding that's a natural thing for, you know, for men and women. Do you find that there's a real difference in Australia versus other countries? Um, I asked that question because when I was traveling and I spent a lot of time in South America, it was when I came back to Australia and I realized there was a bit of an idealized version of a human body or the female body, I should say, whereas in South America, you can be any shape, size, et cetera. And, you know, for example, everyone is wearing a tiny string bikini. Yeah. And so I was curious to know if that you either find different places you travel to um, or either those of different ethnicities that they deal mm-hmm. with in a different way. Yes, I, I think so. I mean, like um, I've not done South America, um, but in Europe, I feel like there's definitely, um, generally speaking, a lot more um, a lot more freedom around nudity and a lot more, com- there's a lot more comfort around, but it's a lot more normal. Um, if you go to a, a beach and there's, you know, a lot of women are topless, if not um, nude. So, and I mean, this is people, I've, I've seen families on beaches that are nude um, and people of all different shapes and sizes. Um, whereas in Asia, it, there's definitely a lot more, um, there, there's not as much tolerance around nudity. So I think it definitely depends where you go. Have you ever gotten any horrible responses to your nudity? Like people being offended? Yeah, like have you ever been out and you're Mm -hmm. butt naked and someone has either treated you poorly or made a derogatory comment or anything like that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, I've definitely had my fair share of, you know, experiences, good and not so good. Um, But yes, I've had instances where it's it's either not being received well or I've, you know, you, you get the creeps, like some really creepy experiences. Could you offer an example? Yeah, the only thing, oh, the only thing is just like this is I don't want people because this is the thing about nude, like a nudist lifestyle is there's that um, affiliation with 
perversion, um, which they're absolutely that like I, the reason why I started going to like, literally the reason why I started going to new beaches was because I felt absolutely objectified at a textile beach. And so I just, I started going more and more isolated, more and more like towards like where there weren't humans. Um, and then it just made me think, you know what, like, cause I wanted to get topless, but I didn't want to feel objectified. So then I was like, well, why don't I go to a nude beach? Because a lot of people will be nude. And so it actually pushed me towards that. But of course, like, just like on a textile beach, um, at new beaches, you're definitely going to get your creeps. Um, so like, this is like the creepiest. This is like the worst experience I've probably had was um, I went to a beach by myself and this is lesson learned by myself um, and decided to go to a part that was pretty secluded. Um, you know, um, not probably not a wise decision being a solo female in a pretty secluded area. I think so this is lesson learned. I think this is a lesson learned no matter if you're walking down the street, let yeah. alone just being on a nude beach. Yes. Um, and I, I, yeah, went down towards the end of the beach and there was a guy to my right and a guy to my left, but they were quite far away from me. And so I proceeded to sit down, was journaling. And then I had the guy to my left. I thought he was leaving, but he came and walked over towards me, asked me if I wanted a massage. And I was just like, no, I'm right. Thank you. And he asked to sit with me and I, was, and I said, oh, I'd like a bit of privacy. And he proceeded to put his towel down and didn't bother me. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Just, you know, he, he, he just leave me be sort of thing. Then the guy to my right signaled towards me, like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm fine. Like, this guy wasn't bothering me. As soon as I said I want some privacy, he just put his towel down and, and left me alone. And this guy was like, you know, kept gesturing, are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm, I'm fine. But he proceeded to make his way over to me. So I was, and, and I became sandwiched in between these two guys that seemingly didn't know each other. Um, but I was sandwiched in between them and was just writing in my journal. And then, and then the guy to my right um, started like touching himself you know um and I literally was sort of just like oh my god like what do I do if he thinks that this is appropriate behavior what else you know and so my mind started going to okay well, what am I going to do and then there was a man walking along the shoreline and he was looking at me and he, and he just kept looking back as if it was a bit odd and I was wide-eyed like please help me sort of thing like you know gesturing like help me help me and so he he looked back and he made his way over and he said, are you okay? And I said, no. And this guy next to me was just going at it. And this other guy just started yelling at him going, you're the reason that, you know, you give new, you give nudists a bad name and you give these beaches a bad name and that sort of thing. And, um, Oh, and the most creepy part was the guy was like, can I at least finish? And I was like, Oh my God. So I walked off with this other guy and he was just shouting at this guy, just being like, you're disgusting. Blah, blah, blah. And we walked down the other beach and the guy just said to me, said, don't go and sit by yourself. Like, you know, go and sit around people if you're going to be by yourself and sit around families. So <laughs> lesson learned was because I just love venturing by myself and I like to be in like isolation nearly. Um, not a good idea when, you know, you're going to place safety in numbers. Yeah. Wow. That so it was a valuable lesson. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, I mean, I'm, I, 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 I think I'm just trying to find the words of how I would deal with a situation like that mm. because it is that thing around being a female that fucked up things like that happen mm. and your sheer size in comparison to most males, you just have this fear and this stress and this worry mm. about if I act out, what might he then do? Yes. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Which, and is, yeah, which is exactly what I did. So I just sat there and was like, quite calm because I didn't like, I didn't know if he was aggressive. So I just sat there quite calm and just thought I'll wait for someone and gesture for help. That's um, right. Like you're, you, you mathematically try to make yeah. the equation of, can I survive and get out of this situation without yeah. harm? Yes. And the thing is, I was like, you know what, to be honest, my thought was thank goodness me than some other poor lady that had never been to a beach. And this was her first experience or something, because it's something that, you know, I think and this is to do, I, I feel, with the suppression of sexuality in society, um, this unhealthy suppression of our primal sexuality. Um, and then you get people like that, that they don't know how to express it properly. Like they've not been able to healthily express it in society because it's so condemned. And especially as a male, to be honest, especially as a male wanting to, because I, I do feel like males have also, they've had it pretty tough because there's a suppression and they don't know how to express it properly. And then they're condemned for when they do, but play like that was totally inappropriate. But I feel like that's also the result of a society that has suppressed sex. And so then I, 
I refer to it as like this leaky sexual energy, which is basically like perverted, creepy energy. Um, and it's just the fact that he hasn't, you know, doesn't know how to express it healthily or like he's not asked for consent. But you're not making an excuse of it, are you? Oh, God, hell no. My God, hell no. But I, I think that to me is an example of a society that has suppressed sex. Like that, I think that's another, a whole other topic. But you get the creepy, perverted sort of people coming along to the beach because that's their little fix. Like they think that, oh, nudity, sex. And this is the how we, you know, we haven't learned how to discern sexual and non-sexual nudity. So people think of a nude beach and they think, oh, yeah, swingers, sex, blah, blah, blah. That's where I'll go to like unleash this, like this desire, which is absolutely not right. Could you share more about that idea between um, sexual versus non-sexual nudity? Because I think most people, mm-hmm. generally speaking, if you're naked, it's generally also mm-hmm. speaking because you're going to get, you're going to have yeah. some sex. So could you yeah. share a bit more on that? Yeah. So um, that's the thing is I think from like, there's this, we, we don't know, there's a blurred line between sex and nudity because when you think of nudity, you think I'm going to have sex or I'm, go- I'm about to engage in some sexual activity. Otherwise, what else would I be doing socially nude? Um, and there's that loss of innocence and purity and like the, like the natural, like the natural state of nudity that is lost, um, after we're children. Cause when we're children, like you were saying earlier, when you're a child, there's being nude is, it's an absolutely, it's an innocent thing. But for some reason, the older we get, the less pure it becomes and the less innocent becomes and it becomes more sinister, it becomes sexual. Um, and so a lot of us in society don't know. And that's why people are freaked out about social nudity because we don't know how to look at nudity just as a human body, like, you know, without thinking of sex. I was actually having a really interesting conversation with my neighbor, like yesterday, like she's just visiting a friend's house next door and she was asking me what I do. And, and she, she's like, you know what? She's like, when I think of nudists, she's like, I think swingers. And she's like, so this is really interesting. And she's like that. And she's in her fifties and she's like, yeah, when I think of like nude beaches, I think of swingers and sex and that sort of thing. And she's like, so it's really interesting. She's like, you've opened my eyes up to something different. So it's just the fact that it's this like assumption. Yeah. And I think it like there are hundred percent going to be stereotypes. I don't think Mm. you can beat that. Um, But I am really glad that we did share the story around the guy who was fornicating on the beach, because I Mm. think it's important for those who ever want to explore it to also understand the dangers and the parameters for them to have for themselves, for their safety, because Mm -hmm. being naked is one of those things where you are almost, not almost, you are at your most vulnerable. And so I think you have to foray into it with open eyes so you yes. can keep yourself in safe environments. Yes. Um, but considering we are on the beach, I really wanted to touch on the gender disparities around nipples because yes. uh, I find that either A, because it's through Instagram of everyone saying, hey, free the nipple or the mm-hmm. simple factors of, as you were saying, about wanting to be topless at the beach and being gawked at and objectified. Um, mm. What's your stance on the whole... Um, Instagram and free the nipple and why is it socially okay in terms of male versus female nipples? Yeah. So I, I mean, I think this, like on a, in a bigger picture, I think we've been functioning within a patriarchal system for the last few centuries now. Um, and with that has, has been, there's been the objectification of like women. So there's been the objectification of women and sexual, like the absolute sexualization of women within this patriarchal society we've been functioning within. Um, so I think that just like that really unconscious sort of like, because we're just born into it, you know, we're born into it and we don't really know anything else. Like we, it's all we've known and we're, and we're so in it sort of thing. Like if that makes sense, like we're just so in it. For those who aren't understanding what you mean by the patriarchal society, maybe you could Mm -hmm. share a bit more on that from your viewpoint. Yes. So I I don't want to get too like esoteric or anything, but um, like I think within us, like within us all, I believe we've all got, whether you identify as a female, male or neither, um, we all have what I believe is 
feminine and masculine energy. Um, and with industrialization um, and like this, you know, um, capitalism and all that sort of thing, it's been this masculine energy that drives that. So masculine energy being more in our yang, like go, 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 um, wanting to strive, achieve, succeed, that sort of thing. Whereas the feminine energy is more nurturing, more yin, um, just like the creative essence of life. Um, but because we've, and, and this is including a lot of females as well, being in our masculine, um, because that's just in order to survive, that's what it's been is like, you have to like, you know, be a mum, be, be a career woman, be a lover, be everything. And so you tend to get more into your masculine. And so you've got this society, which, you know, um, where a lot of us are in our masculine and, and an unhealthy masculine at that, because I believe you can be in your healthy and unhealthy um, masculine and feminine essence. And because of the way in which our system works, especially being in more so of a capitalist society, um, which is like underpinned by self-interest competition, um, the maximization of wealth and that sort of thing, you feel like you've got to be in that like survival mode and constantly having to, like strive rather than just flowing in your feminine essence. And with that masculine, being in the masculine and having more males within those fields has come the, you know, the, the objectification of women basically, like of the female form, like more so it's like the female body. Um, and then you've got things like pornography and that sort of thing, which just, it hasn't helped because it's always been from like, the masculine sort of point of view, like, you know, rather than this beautiful, like just flowing sensual sort of sex, it's like that, you know, like typically speaking, when we're looking at pornography, it's that like thrust and just going from the male, like, you know. So is pornography something that you're against or you don't think it's um, done in a balanced way? I think it's, I think I'm not against it. I think there's a place for it. Um, it's not something I necessarily indulge in these days. It's not to say I never have, um, but I think that it's done rather unconsciously and I don't think the intention is there to sexually liberate people. I think it still sexualizes people rather than sexually liberates them. Um, and it gives, it's, it's, it's an act. It gives people this unreal, like this false sense of what sex actually is. Um, and it just gives people this like, okay, this is what you do, guys. You thrust and you, you know, and, and girls, you've just got to put on like, you know, make it like it's like this huge show and it's all about the climax. And I just think it gives us like a really warped view of what sex actually is. Like, you know, you, like, do you ever see people crying in porn? Like, you know, like all the realities that come with being sexually in tune with yourself. <laughs> There's actually um, a picture going around on Instagram that I've seen quite frequently where it's all the things that porn doesn't show you yeah. and it's all those actual nuances that create great sexual chemistry and connection. Mm. So yeah. uh, maybe when I release this episode, I'll also attach the photo to it so everyone yeah. can see what we're referring to. Yeah. Um, so d with all of that said in regards to porn and that uh, in the industrialization, mm. what is it though that makes the female nipple just so illicit you know what I mean like, uh, yeah I when know I, when if anyone goes on your Instagram mm. you are butt naked but you put mm. these little like star images on your yep. nipple and all of a sudden that makes it okay yes how warped is that like I it don't is, understand how the tiny nipple can create such fury yeah and whether there's been just like that focused on you know I think breasts for women um you know males have quite often objectified um women's breasts and um you know whether like they have um a preference for big breasts or smaller or you know fake like whatever it is there's been such like there's been such a focus on women's breasts and, you know, you've seen it, like we see a lot of people, you know, cosmetic surgery and that sort of thing and breast enhancements and breast implants have become quite a norm. And they're like, whereas we have, you don't have that with men. There's not been this focus on all oh, that's he's got nice boobs or, and I think that's just a natural part of being a female is, you know, we either have, some of us have smaller breasts, some of us have bigger breasts. Um, and I suppose it's something that the males, like males probably don't quite understand because they don't necessarily have, have that, you know, with their bodies. Um, and I mean, it's, you know, we're starting to see the same focus on women's asses and that sort of thing. So it's just like there'd been this for centuries, there was this focus on women's boobs and now it's becoming the ass and that sort of thing. So do you mean ass implants or do you mean, for example, how women um, or men sometimes bleach their buttholes? Mm -hmm. 
oh, I wasn't thinking the bleach of the butthole. So, <laughs> but, so the implants. Yeah, like the implants and just like, um, I mean, you know, the Kardashians with their huge asses and, so, and making like this a huge trend to have a huge ass and huge boobs and a tiny waist. Like there's just, and now, you know, I, I don't know if you've noticed it, but there's for years there was a focus on women's breasts and now there seems to be this thing with booties, like, you know, and it's just, it's such an odd thing to me. <laughs> Uh, so that's something I really want to touch on when it comes when it comes to females and our and our our shame that we have around our bodies. You t- you spoke about it earlier, but I really want to dive into it because as you were just speaking about um, all of those other aspects, I thought to myself, when it comes to nudity, is it I'm worried of how I think about myself, or is it I'm worried about how you think of me? I think a lot of the time it is the latter. Like I think usually it's worrying about others' projections, but that those projections, if we're not conscious, and especially from a young age, a lot of us are not conscious of how these projections are affecting us, but they basically begin to mould our own perception of how we see ourselves. And this is where I think the journey of self-acceptance, self-acceptance is super important and is discerning like, Am I like, do I feel like this because of what others have projected onto me or because of what society has told me? Like it it should like, you know, my ass or my boobs or my pussy should look like and starting to understand like where are those voices coming from? Is it external or is it internal? And I think a lot of the time you'll find it's external. But see, I actually have, when I've been speaking with friends and let's say we're talking about aspects of personal development, et cetera, and I say, um, you know, sit in front of a mirror and have a conversation with yourself or look into your own eyes or in this context, I guess, be absolutely naked and just stare at your body and Mm -hmm. have that conversation. And it's not kooky. It's just the idea of looking at who you are. Um, And a lot of people can't do it. They don't want to see themselves or dive into who they are, I guess you could say, in in, in that kind of um, weird way. Yes. Yeah, I think... I mean, I think some people are really uncomfortable about the thought of actually knowing who they are or actually understanding themselves beyond the layers, like beyond the identities and the roles that they play in life. Um, And that's like, and that's a lot of what my blog is about is like, when I talk about being nude and naked, it is literally about like, who am I without with, without all the masks, without all the roles and the identities that I play to everyone else. Like who am I when I'm by myself in front of the mirror with just me, myself and I? And that's quite scary for a lot of people because um, we're not taught from a young age to go inward. Like we're, we're not taught that. And it can be quite scary. It can be quite confronting. It can be quite confronting because of all the shit that comes up basically. And what have you found when it comes to who you are when you are sitting in yourself? Yeah, so like what really prompted this whole like I like I refer like a bit of an awakening or an epiphany for me um, back in two thousand and when was it two thousand and fourteen two thousand and fifteen ish? You know, I lost I lost my job, which I which I prided myself on for many years, and I went through a breakup at around the same time, which I cherished. And I just thought, I was like, okay, so I've identified with my relationship for so long. I've identified with this job. And when they they both, like when I didn't have them, I was just like, holy shit. I just felt so, I felt broken basically. And I was just like, well, what am I going to do now? Like, what do I do with myself? And it just left me at this crossroads. And then I realized it's just like, I have a choice. Like, I don't have to do this and I don't have to be that. And I don't have to make that person proud. Like I'm going to do me. And that's when I went backpacking and just connecting with humans again was like one of the most like valuable things I probably could have done was really connecting, truly connecting with humans again, not via a screen, but in person, just traveling, meeting people. And through that, it's like, I got to understand myself. And I suppose I realized like, you know, I'm a beautiful person and I am, and everything that has happened to me was, you know, like, even though I didn't have those roles or those identities anymore, all of that stuff that had happened to me made me realize like, even though it was tough, like I was like, I can, I can achieve anything I want. Like if I put my mind to it, I can, and I started realizing it was the qualities that those, those circumstances provided me with it. It brought out certain characteristics within me that are transferable to every single part of my life. So I started to realize that it's just like, 
basically like I fucking love myself. Like I want to pat myself on the fucking back because I've gone through a lot of shit. And so has like, and that's the thing about everyone. Like, you know, all of our shitty circumstances, like if we're here today, we fucking got through it and like good on me, you know, like praising yourself. Yeah. I think more women could do that a lot more often. That's for sure. Um, And the thing, wait, I wanted to ask you going back to shame just quickly, because Mm. I want to clarify this, not shame, but um, you've obviously shared how you are naturally lean. And I think that when anyone starts to see your photos, they're going to say, well, you have a great body, Jessa. Like you've Mm. got nothing to worry about. And I want to put a caveat in here because when I was sharing with a friend of mine who was very, very slim, she said, I would never be a nudist. I'm so skinny. I hate my body, Mm -hmm. which for most, they think once you're lean, you should be happy in tip top shape. So um, for those who feel that nudism, nudism, is that ever a term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nudism, um, that it's only acceptable for some bodies. Could you just share more on actually nudism as a societal thing and the more mm-hmm. community base of it? Yes. So I, I, I obviously, I get that a lot. I do. It's one of the things is of course, you know, I, if I was, if I had your body, I'd be a nudist too. Um, but if you, if you were to, I suppose, go and visit a nude beach um, or go to a nudist resort, you'd find that actually like most people, like I, I like most people, like everyone's got different bodies and that a lot of them aren't thin, um, you know, and some of them are, some of them aren't. But um, that's the thing is like, I suppose when people think it's like, well, go and check it out for yourself. Go and see if that's the case. Um, You know, if you're curious about it or if you want to really see rather than just hear it by word is to go and check it, go go to a new beach. Even if you want to keep your bikinis on and just see what it's about, see if the vibe feels right for you. But um definitely you do not need to look like have a certain aesthetic about you to be a nudist like absolutely not and I feel like it's like I feel like what's really refreshing is that the fact that you see such a variety and there's so much acceptance like that's super motivating in itself and that's inspiring in itself yeah, so it really seems that for most who end up becoming a nudist, it comes down to that self-acceptance, that understanding, and then more just embracing who you are, which mm. I want to dive into the practicality of being nude. So, and I want to share this because at the start, I was telling everyone how I've been butt naked for the past couple of hours in preparation mm-hmm. for this interview. And let's chat practicality because mm-hmm. you're someone who plays tennis nude. Now, I have quite large breasts. No matter how Mm -hmm. lean or thin I ever am, I will always have large boobs. Mm -hmm. I require a supportive bra. Like there are some times and it's something that for the last few hours, I'm like, man, I just want to hold my boobs up. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so when it comes to things like that, like where's the balance? Well, that's the thing is you have to be practical. Like I don't have these huge breasts. Um, And like when I play tennis, I'm not there sitting, I'm not playing like a three setter or anything like that. It's just like a fun hit. But if you're someone, if it's going to be damaging to the tissue, wear a bra. Like I yeah. wouldn't suggest going nude. If it's going to be damaging in any way, don't do it. Like yeah, be practical. Well, I have a friend who's an avid horse rider. She's like, I mean, I'd give it a shot. And then she goes, but I just could not imagine being on a saddle and not having any underwear or not having any pants on kind of thing. Yes. So, so there are aspects of practicality of nudism. And the reason I wanted to share that is because I think if, you, if I thought of a nudist, it's like they are naked all the time. Mm. But that's not the case. Like I imagine at some point you chuck on some clothes. Yes. And that's, that's the presumption everyone has about me is the fact that they think I never wear clothing. Like if I'm a nudist, I must never wear clothing. And in an ideal world, I wouldn't. But in this world, like I had to go to the markets this morning and I have to chuck on a dress when I leave this house. Otherwise I could be done for indecent, you know, um, public indecency. Um, so I definitely wear clothes. Uh, when it comes to public indecency, sorry. Yeah. Public Mm -hmm. indecency. What's the difference between that and a nudist? in your opinion? What do you mean? So like between... Well, oh. so society cannot function as a whole with everyone being nude. Like mm. we, the world cannot all, all of a sudden be naked and yeah. be normalized. So, mm. you know, I'm curious to know where you see its place in the world because what is the difference between, hi, I'm a nudist versus being charged for public indecency? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, functioning within, you have to function within this world and be respectful. And that's something I'm really big on is... Um, 
is being respectful of other people's boundaries and and their set of programming. Like, you know, um, I personally wouldn't go to a textile beach and just get naked in front of people um, as much as I'd love to, you know, because there are times I go to a textile beach. If I'm with friends um, or if I'm near a textile beach, I'll go to a textile beach in a bikini. Um, Why do you keep calling it a textile beach for those who don't know? Yes. So um, uh, if you're, you know, in, in the nudist society, we refer to, I suppose, normal beaches that are not nudist beaches as textile beaches because you're wearing you've got to wear clothes yes that's basically it just for everyone's clarification yeah but yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't out of respect for people um I wouldn't just take my clothes off at a tactile beach um because you know we've got to cultivate respect in this world and and um you don't like I feel like doing something like that is what gives it a bad rep you know because it's looked at as inappropriate and and that would be inappropriate to some people yeah yeah. the same as i'm sure you would never walk by a child's school ground naked no like there are just certain things where it's just like yeah like that you've got to have respect as an and many like i i don't even i don't think i even know of any nudists that would even do that Yeah. yeah um but would you walk by let's say it's saturday morning everyone's out for brunch mm-hmm. would you walk by a cafe nude <laughs> no, I don't think so. I've thought about it to be honest, just because I'm. I think it would be hilarious, but um, I think I nearly consider doing it as a dare. But no, like not in like if I was in my neighbourhood and there's a, everyone in a cafe on a Saturday morning, I wouldn't just go nude. Like, yeah, yeah. I was looking up the laws um, pertaining to New South Wales and Australia specifically, mm-hmm. and it was really it came down to the intention and also then the discretion of the police officer. Mm. you know let's say if the police was called in as to if they believed you were doing it just because you were trying to get the kicks out of someone or because you truly were just naturally a nudist etc yeah amazing so before i ask my final question where can everyone find you jessa um so i am over on instagram um at the nude blogger or one word um and then i do have a website um www.thenudeblogger.com and i'm also on facebook and snapchat and twitter as well i will link all those up in the show notes so my final question yes. you're standing in front of a room of 10,000 women perhaps naked mm-hmm. and you are able to offer one piece of advice what would you say It's to love yourself. Like you're worth, you're worthy. Like love your, learn to love yourself. Like learn, start somewhere. And do you have any practical tips for how someone can start to love themselves more? Try, try and be in your own company a little more, spend a little more time alone by yourself with yourself. Um, whether that is nude as well, if you want to, you know, if we're talking on a, a physical and a non-physical level, um, whether it's you want to get comfortable within yourself as a human, um, just spend a bit more time alone. And, and, and then if it's, you know, you want to get comfortable physically in the body that you're in, spend time alone naked. Like it's one of, yeah, that's one of the best ways that you can start to become a bit more comfortable. And I know I said that was my final question, but I'm going to add in one extra one here. Uh, if someone wanted to partake in the nudist lifestyle, what would be the first couple of steps that you would say to help kind of mm-hmm. ease them into it? Yep. So sort of what I was just saying. So one, cause I get asked, this is one of the, the most common questions I get asked. So definitely spend more time nude in your own company. So at, whether that's at home, um, you know, like you're doing the podcast naked. So something that you'd probably normally do nude, do, um, you'd normally do clothes, do nude. So like wash the dishes naked, um, vacuum clean. So just that's where I would start in the privacy of your own home. Um, if nudity, social nudity is something that freaks about, so start, you've, you've got to be, in order to be comfortable socially nude, you have to be comfortable nude within yourself, like by yourself. So that's where I would start. And then once you start to feel like, you know, a bit more comfortable with yourself, um, I always say maybe go and venture out to um, a beach that, you know, has a good reputation, like a nude beach that ha- that is reputable. Um and do that obviously in numbers, like, you know, safety in numbers. Like if, you, if you've got a friend, even if they want to stay clothed, um, just to help maybe make the experience a bit more comfortable or your partner. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, if you want to dive deep, go, and, go to a nudist resort and stuff and just hang out with people and eat dinner and swim and play tennis naked. <laughs> but always start, I always say, always start at home. 
Thank you so much, Jessa. I have enjoyed this conversation so thoroughly. (laughs) And there's definitely been a cheeky tip or two about how we can all get a bit more comfortable in our bodies. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I love your questions. Oh my God. (laughs) You put me on the spot with someone, but I love them. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Modern Women. You can listen to all of our episodes over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. If you're not already subscribed, please do click that subscribe button now so you don't miss any episodes that come out each week. If you enjoyed this podcast or you took something away from it, taking two minutes to leave a five-star review or post a story review on Instagram and tag me in it so that we can continue to share these incredible stories with more women who need to hear this message. Original music by Chunky Love and produced by Podpaste. 